Hi, I'm Sean Eckford, one of the directors here at the Sunshine Coast Festival of the Written Arts and the producer of our festival podcasts. Normally, at about this time of the season, we would sit down for our preview podcast to look ahead to the coming festival in August, find out a little bit about the authors, etc. This year, as I'm sure you can appreciate, is a little bit different. But there is a lot we're still doing at the festival. So I decided to set up a Zoom call with our festival board president, John Lucier, and our executive and artistic director, Jane Davidson, just to find out a little bit about what's going on. And in particular, one of the programs that we're involved in with local students here on the Sunshine Coast that doesn't always get highlighted during the festival proper. So I have with me now our festival board president, John Lucier, and our artistic and executive director, Jane Davidson. And guys, normally this would be the time of year where we're doing our big preview podcast. Jane and I sit down and we, we, we go through the brochure and the whole schedule and things. And well, that's not how things worked out this year. And, and I guess we should start with that. For those who don't know, John, what was the decision we were forced to come to and uh, what's happening? So it was my sort of first task as board president was to unfortunately lead a meeting that ended up with the cancellation of the 2020 uh, summer festival. Um, so I'm hoping things will get better with my tenure from now on. <laughs> um, but I guess it started with a, a meeting with Jane and I and the executive where we we're looking at you know what we're hearing from uh, you know Dr. Henry and other professionals about where this COVID nineteen was going and what it was going to look like probably in the summer and the fall and we knew that given what the festival was you know four hundred people into a a pavilion even if things got better we were not going to be able to run it not in the same way and, and not being able to preserve um, what the festival truly is. And so then we took it to the full board and everybody, as much as they were, you know, pretty upset about having to cancel, they knew that there was really no decision to be made that we had to, uh, that there was no chance that this was going to be able to, to come be pulled off. And almost exactly as we were sitting down, the health authorities told us, even if you want to, it's not going to happen this year. Jane, you had the uh, unenviable position of, of of having to inform our, our 2020 writers that this was the decision we'd come to and, and uh, the wider community. We were all on tenderhooks about how people would take the news, but they've been very understanding and kind. They've been, they've been amazing, the, especially the artists. They're the ones who while our audience loses, the community loses in so many ways, but I felt particularly sorry for the writers because this is their opportunity to do what writers live for, and that is to share their work. The response from the writers was incredibly generous. They understand why we made the decision that we did. A couple of them said to me, if if you hadn't made that decision, I would have questioned what you were doing. They understood. They're very sorry. 
they were uh, remarkably generous in their responses. And what we have done is say to all of those writers, you will hear from us in September and you will receive an invitation to Festival 2021. I don't expect that they'll all be able to come in 2021. And in the same breath, I have to say that I think we as an organization actually have to do a little work about reimagining what 2020 may look like. Will we in fact be able to gather together 400 people in that pavilion? I'm hearing that it may be 2022. I, I don't know. But the community, um, the community response has been really, really positive. The emails that I received from our audience so supportive. I mean, they just, um, they really care deeply about this event and they love coming to the Sunshine Coast, the ones who travel here. It's a loss for everybody, but everybody understands we had no choice. I, I referred to them uh, earlier as our 2020 writers and as much as possible, we're still treating them as sort of the festival class of, of 2020. So yeah. uh, Jane, you've already uh, done some things to, to make sure that what little spotlight we could still shine on, on our authors for this year uh, is happening. So what, what are some of the things you, you've already done uh, to make sure they're, they're still out there for us? Well, I've just, I've, I've contacted all of them and I'll contact them again as the summer goes along. Um, what I'll start to do too, and I haven't really begun that too much, but I'm going to start doing mini profiles on the, on the festival uh, Facebook page. Everybody's bios are on the website and they will stay on the website. But I can, I can enhance that and I can expand and add uh, video links to YouTube presentations and interviews. But I also want to highlight them in a different way. Um, some of the writers have received awards. Some of the writers have written newspaper articles about living through COVID-19. So I'll start rolling those out on a weekly basis over the next few weeks. I'm not really sure what it will look like, but I'd like to see if we can do a couple of presentations either through podcast or videos posted on our website um, and our Facebook page. I have to confess to not being a huge fan of the Zoom <laughs> format for literary presentation. I've been, I've been scouring the internet and following my festival colleagues across the country. Some presentations are engaging. And for me, this is a personal thing. Others are not. And that's not because of the quality of the work that's being presented. It's the format. So that, those are things that I have to sort out and think through. Yeah, given that uh, as a board, we've all just seen each other as little square boxes on a computer screen for the last couple of months, I, I totally get the limitations of the Yeah, and, and I, have to, I have to ask the question too, come August, is that a time when people want to sit inside and, and log on to a computer? I'm not so sure. And I'm hearing again and again from all corners, Zoom fatigue is a very real thing. We all have, we've been sitting at our desks, staring at, at computer screens more than ever before. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's wearing, it's very wearing. We should also mention, uh, Jane, the, uh, the reading list 
that that, that you can mm-hmm. for, for people who want to do the the sort of home version. That's <laughs> right. That's festival. right. Yeah. So right. we posted we posted on our website the reading list of the books that these writers would be presenting had they come to the festival. Bev has Bev Shaw at Tailwind Books has that list. She's got a number of titles in her store. A lot of these writers won't be releasing some of the I should say some of these writers won't be releasing their books until uh, July August some even into September because of COVID-19 publisher deadlines have been hit uh, so some of the books that we may have had at in August aren't going to be available until September so everything's a little bit out of whack but I just want everybody to be aware of the titles that we want to support and promote right now now we also have our own title to support and and promote i mean some things covid could simply not stop and and Mm -hmm. coastal voices are compendium of some of the young writers here on the coast is due back from the printer within days if not already here well they said five to seven business days and it's taking longer because the printer of course is working with protocols in place that are it's taking longer so today is day seven i'm hoping to get an email this afternoon saying i can get pick up on monday but john is the person who should uh, definitely speak to how coastal voices came to be and what that process is like because this has been a this has been a fabulous partnership um, between uh, the Festival of the Written Arts in School District 46, and now we have uh, John on our board. So it's the <laughs> it worked out very well. I, I was going to ask you, you know, particularly about that, John, whether um, you actually managed to get all the writing together and edited before this happened, or have you been having to work with some of the students remotely? No, it it was a stroke of luck that our deadline has always been the Friday before spring break for entries. And so they, that was the last day of school. Um, I went in over spring break and did the photocopying for the adjudicators before the schools are shut down for anybody even going in to visit. And it was just, that was just luck. Um, so we had close to, um, 700, was it 700 entries? I think so. 750 entries. Um, from pretty much every school in the district, from kindergarten to the grade 12. Uh, and then after spring break, we were able to get together via Zoom uh, <laughs> with the adjudicators and go through uh, all of the entries and they made their selections. And I mean, it's just lo- wonderful to be able to continue to offer this, given that nothing is the same for these students. For those who entered and got something selected, this, this is going to be a real bonus for them. They, yeah. they still get to walk into the summer being published authors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, tell me a little bit and, and tell as well people who might not be f- familiar with, with Coastal Voices um, what, what it is. We're, ta- we're talking about it as though everyone knows, but it is an aspect of our festival that you won't necessarily come across if you visit us in August. Right. So this is, this is an idea I had oh, for... 20 years since I've been, well, I guess I've been on Sunshine Coast for about 25 years and been thinking about, I would love to put together an anthology of student writing. Um, And I just could never quite get my act together to do it. And I I talked to uh, the literacy support teacher at the time, Bev Craig. And then when, when Jane got on board, the thing took off because we now had somebody who had 
connections with publishing, had uh, just some of those organizational skills that I completely lack. And so we were able to then start 10 years ago uh, with our first uh, anthology. Um, it's a juried piece, so uh, it's blind juried. Students enter up to three pieces of writing, uh, mostly poetry, personal narrative, prose. Um, and then I remove all the names in the schools and we give them to the jurors and they make their selections of the ones they want in. Uh, it's usually anywhere between 75 to 100 entries each year. Uh, this year we decided, given the situation, let's make it bigger. So we have 150 entries in there. The book itself this year is about 60 pages. Um, the cover art is always a, for students' art. We put it out there to teachers to submit pieces of art. Um, so it's a stunning cover this year from a student from Gibson's Elementary. Um, yeah, it's you know I retired at the end of last year, and it's one of those things that I look back on my career as as something that I one of the things I feel the most proud about is being able to to have a you know stake in starting this and seeing it continue and actually continue to grow. So. Yeah, it's been lovely. It also fits in, if I could just jump in, Sean, it also fits in so beautifully with the festival's mandate, which is to promote literacy and the craft of writing. We have a festival in August that, that is programmed for adults and our mandate extends. It's been beautiful to be able to extend that mandate to children and youth. And we can do that through our schools program and especially through Coastal Voices. And that's the other thing that in, in this in this age of, of distance learning that we've been able to to keep up a little bit is is your connection with with the students and, and matching them with authors. Tell me, tell me a bit about what we've been able to do, uh, despite the limitations of the world as it is now. Well, on Monday, June 1st, when schools reconvened, there had been distance learning, uh, students uh, working, learning at home with their teachers through Zoom and and uh, with the support of their parents. When school came back, that, so this was just a couple of weeks ago, I sent an email to my main contacts in the school district and most certainly um, the, teacher, the, the teacher librarians that I work most closely with, and I asked them to spread the word that if there was an opportunity for us to support learning in the classroom, with a Zoom visit by an author to please let me know. I, I recognize as well that when the teachers went back, their plates were overflowing. They, they, it's, they've been through a lot. The students have been through a lot, but teachers have been through a lot adapting to the new way of teaching. So going back into the classroom must have been um, very stressful and chaotic for everybody. But um, I did get some response. So I, I think I, I put that out on Monday. And by Monday afternoon, we had our first uh, request from a teacher who had convened a book club meeting to discuss a, a book that her grade five book club had read and she had invited the author and the author was going to attend. So I was thrilled to be able to offer that author a fee. We're a professional arts festival, so we always ensure that artists are paid whenever we're involved in a project. That's bottom line for us. It was really great to have this author with a group of kids talking about her work and the teacher librarian, uh, it was Beth Jay at Davis Bay Elementary. She had prepared her students so well. 
They all had questions. They all had projects to share based on the book. And um, it was just, a, it was a beautiful event. Now I've heard from another school, and this is uh, Jen Gertson at West Seashell Elementary. She pounced on the opportunity right away. And the upshot of that is on Monday, June 15th, Governor General award-winning uh, YA novelist, YA is young adult. Young adult, right. <laughs> YA novelist, uh, Susan Nielsen, is going to be Zooming in on Monday afternoon. And Susan has set up the Zoom invitation and it has been extended district-wide. Now that doesn't mean every student in the district will be attending. It means that all interested teacher librarians will gather together those students um, who, who want to uh, participate. But I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful thing <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So it's a, it's a real treat. And then on Wednesday, we have uh, Robin Stevenson returning to the Sunshine Coast via Zoom. Now, Robin was in our district last year and had a huge impact as a teacher, a mentor, a writer, and an activist. And by the time Robin Stevenson left the Sunshine Coast, there was at least one school, soon followed by maybe a couple more, uh, Gibson's Elementary students, right. because, because of Robin, went to their principal and said, we want a rainbow crosswalk because of what it represents. And that's what we want our school to represent. So I think Half Moon Bay Elementary did the same thing. I'm not sure about others. Um, so Robin is coming back to, uh, she's going to West Seashell Elementary by Zoom next Wednesday afternoon with her new book, which is called Kid Activists. And it's all about the power of youth and activism. And she's going to talked to a couple of classes there about her book, about activism, and how, how you can express your activism through writing. So I couldn't be happier. Now, John, it's these sort of uh, visits we've been able to arrange either in person or nowadays by, uh, uh, by Zoom it, that really have inspired some of the, the writers who've gone on to submit some stuff to Coastal Voices, haven't they? Definitely. Anytime a student gets to to be in the same place, either in reality or virtually with an author, it, it does something to them where they go, oh, I could do that. <laughs> and I, I think the importance of, of what Jane has done by putting it out there, it also just gives a sense of normalcy to, to the students as well. That, you know, we are going to get through this. We will be back to some sort of normal. Look, you get to see an author just like you might have before. Um, Coastal Voices is still happening like before. Um, you know, we had one of our authors um, one year wrote the introduction to the Coastal Voices, Maggie DeVries, and, and was in my class for a week as a writer in residence. And we had her write the, the introduction to it after reading it and working with students. And, you know, so there's just lovely connection between the students, the authors, uh, the school district, the Festival of Written Arts. You know, it all just works so well together. Mm -hmm. It's hashtag community. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, though, that we haven't been able to do for the students, Coastal Voices came together. It's at the printer, due back any minute now, but no splashy launch this year. So, you know, what are we going to do or what, what is being done for, for, for these authors to help them celebrate uh, this achievement a little bit? Well, we're not quite sure yet. Um, yeah, for the last three years, we've had a, a, a launch in June. 
where we invite all the students who are published, their teachers and principals and parents, and we just put on a bit of a ceremony for them. And it's absolutely lovely. You know, some of them, they come in their best clothes and they're so proud to be up on stage. And, um, but this year we're not going to be able to do that. We'll look at the fall and we'll see if it's possible then. Um, and at that point too, if it's not possible to do it in person, we'll see if it's worthwhile doing it virtually. Uh, and I mean, we just have no idea what the future is going to bring with that, but we would love to do something if at all possible. And, and, and of course, nothing is going to stop us from getting this into people's hands who are interested. Jane, if someone wants a copy of Coastal Voices when it arrives from the printer, mm -hmm. how about it? First of all, John, and um, we'll be delivering. I'm going to sort the books and label them and, and get the, the, the distribution all organized in the office. And then John is going to be doing delivery to uh, every school and the school board. We'll make sure that a copy goes to the public libraries. But we did order extra copies this year because last year we had quite a demand for, for copies. So we have some extras this year. People can send me an email. That's Jane at writersfestival.ca. That address is on our website. Or call the office, 604-885-9631. Leave a message if I don't pick up. And we can make arrangements for people to purchase a copy. We haven't quite decided on the price. I think it's probably going to be $5 a copy. We're just going to cover our cost. It's not a, it's not a profit-making enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we will have extra copies because even every, every student who was published gets two copies. But sometimes with larger families, they want more for grandma and grandpa and aunties and cousins. And we want to celebrate that. And we want to get those, uh, we want to get those books out. So we will have extras available through the office. We, we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the, the reading list that, um, you know, for those local to the Sunshine Coast, you know, Bev at Tailwind Books, who is our, our festival vendor, is, is, is open and up and running. But I, I gather... Uh, you, I know, Jane, John, I don't know if you've had a chance, but uh, some board members have been actually uh, playing courier for Bev to help people get their books out. H how much fun is that to be able to drop off a package of books for someone? It is so much fun. I have to be honest. This happened, you know, just after it happened in the, started happening in the weeks after the festival uh, cancellation was announced. And I was quite honestly uh, feeling quite bereft. And I, I'm also was really, really concerned about the loss to the bookstore um, because the festival is big for the bookstore. Mm. And Bev has been a part of our festival family for over 30 years. I can't imagine how we would produce this festival without her and she promotes it year round. So we made the offer. Bev, if you have someone who doesn't want to, wants to order a book and isn't comfortable coming into the store, we will deliver. So that's tapered right off. People, I think, are feeling more comfortable about phoning in their orders, having them ready and grabbing them at the door. I'm still happy to do that. So if you are hearing this <laughs> and you do not want to, if, there are a lot of people who don't want to go out yet. Mm -hmm. And we're here to serve you. Call, your, call in your order to Bev at Tailwind Books. And uh, we will make sure that your book is delivered to you. But it's so much fun to drop a book off on a hang it on the gate and call from my cell phone in the car and say your book delivery just arrived. And it's uh, it's it was just a happy little activity for me. And I really appreciated it. it truly lifted my spirits. 
Have you had a chance to do any of this yet, John? I haven't. I haven't yet. And I've been sitting outside Tailwind Books every morning. Just <laughs> waiting <for now. laughs> yeah. I think, as Jane said, people are feeling a little bit more comfortable going in. I mean, it was lovely. And then again, you know, just a plug for a bookstore. I was in um, just a couple of days ago buying a Father's Day gift for my, for my father and uh, picking up a book that my wife had ordered. And, you know, it was one person after another, a stream of people who were in buying books, you know, so want to know, I want to support a local business, which was really heartwarming to see. Mm -hmm. And a pandemic is a perfect time to tuck into a book. Yeah, absolutely. Or to write a poem. Or to write a poem. <laughs> or if you're in my line of work to write endless inches of news copy about how everyone <laughs> is tucking into a book or writing poems or yeah. working on their sourdough starters. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just want to wrap up by just sort of giving uh, everyone a sense of, of what might be coming this summer. And, and we haven't been able really to make any definite plans of what sort of alternatives we can do. Uh, you know, typically during the course of the festival, we do our podcast. We've got, you know, this will substitute for our preview podcast this year. But uh, even though we don't have anything firm to announce, wheels are turning, ideas are being generated. Ideas are being generated, and quite honestly, I think, and I don't really have anything to report, although I am having conversations with other organizations, I think collaboration is really important at this time. And so if we could do something with another organization and share resources, um, I would be really happy to pursue those opportunities. But I am hoping for a couple of podcasts as an alternative to the on the, the on screen because a podcast is portable. A podcast can go with you on a walk. A podcast can go with you in the car. It can go with you to the beach. So it's something that I would like to explore with you, Sean. So I guess um, I have to make a commitment right now. Yeah, no, pressure. <laughs> no pressure, but yeah. I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> my, my voice and editing skills remain on call, always for the festival. <laughs> Fabulous. John, Fabulous. Any, any final thoughts you want to share with people before we uh, wrap it up? Well, you know, I guess with the cancellation of the festival, I mean, we felt really bad about having to do that. We knew we had no choice, but we are pretty excited about, you know, coming back hopefully in 2021 and making it bigger and better and just seeing where we can go and how we can support authors and how we can support our young authors and give something to the community and our patrons. So, you know, while we're waiting and, you know, while it's a wait and see, it's still, you know, it's exciting to think ahead. So I, I think uh, uh, bottom line is watch this space, mm -hmm. as they say. Yeah. May I give one special shout out? Absolutely. I would like to acknowledge our public sector funders because all of them, District of Seashell, the province of British Columbia through the BC Arts Council, the Government of Canada through the Canada Council for the Arts and the Department of Canadian Heritage are supporting arts organizations this festival um, wholeheartedly and it's through their funding support we're able to hold on because 50 percent of our revenue is um, earned revenue so without our earned revenue that's it's quite devastating we're going to be fine because of the public sector support and also because of um, the earnings from our own endowment fund which 
We did not see a pandemic on the horizon when we started to plan the endowment fundraising campaign, but those earnings too are contributing to keeping us alive. So as well as watch this space, we should add, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. Correct. John, Jane, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thanks very much for listening to our first Sunshine Coast Festival, the Written Arts Podcast for 2020. And as we said, watch this space. The spaces to watch are our Twitter account, of course, which is at SCFWA. The website, writersfestival.ca. We're on Facebook as well. And if you're missing the festival, feel free to check out our back catalogue of podcasts going over some of the festival highlights of years past. 